series, and we're going to kind of wrap up. We've been talking about, for those of you who may be stepping in for the first time, we've been talking about, we've been doing this series, Save the Date. We're talking about relationships before and after the wedding day. And uh, <clears throat> today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look inside Pastor Alex and Leah's marriage. I'm a little bit scared about this. So in order to do this, I'm going to ask uh, my good friend Vivian and one of our worship leaders, if she would step up to the plate, she's going to ask us some questions. You, uh, you guys give her a hand. And also I'm going to ask my sweet, loving, fearless wife to come up here. You guys give her a hand as well. And so Vivian, before I kind of hand it over to you, uh, I want to say this. I'm not uh, necessarily like the smartest guy in the room and we we have not been uh, married the longest we're not necessarily the wisest couple here at this church um, <clears throat> but the, if there's one thing that has helped our marriage <clears throat> excuse me if there's one thing that that I can say that has uh, really made a big difference in in our lives we've been married 21 years seven months and 19 days <laughs> The days count. you got to count every day. Um, and uh, one of the things that have made the biggest difference is in us is never, like, always continue to gain insight from God. And hopefully that's your, your heart today. I, I believe it is. That's why you're here. Um, but in marriage, in the same way in any, like, career, uh, relationship, like, in anything like parenting, you can get kind of used to the monotony of life. And uh, one of the things that has made a, the biggest difference in us is never to, um, it's to always continue to grow, to always continue to gain insight uh, from uh, God's word. Um, if we can put Jeremiah 33, verse 3, you know, God looks at Jeremiah and he says to him, call to me. And hopefully this is kind of what we're doing today. God, we're coming to you. We're asking you for help. And regardless of whether you're single, or you're, or you, you're divorced or married, or whatever, whatever stage of life you're in, you find yourself in today, hopefully this is the cry of your heart. God, I, I want to call to you. And the promise in this verse is that, that he gives specifically to Jeremiah is, and I will answer. And I think it's a promise that I can take for myself, and we can do, I think we have the liberty to do that, right? And I can say, God, I am, I am crying out for help in whatever area of my life, and the promise is that He will answer us, and He will show us great and mighty things which we do not know. And so one of the things that has <clears throat> helped me the most is, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, excuse me, um, to really see God and get, if I can get a little bit better out of this conversation, if there's something that my wife will say that will, oh, that's good, that was insightful. If there's something, maybe there's a verse that we'll share. Um, if I can manage to get a little bit better, I know that not only do I benefit, but those around me benefit. And one of the things that we say, you've heard me say it before in church, is when the leader gets better, everybody gets better. And so hopefully that's, that's that what will happen today. So hopefully... From this conversation, you'll be like, you know what? Maybe I, there's something that the Spirit of God is saying to me. Maybe there's a verse. Maybe there's something Vivian says or Leah or I say. And it's like, I'm going to take that one thing. And if, even if it's just 1%, if you over a period of time, it's the snowball effect. If you are able to gain a little bit of insight from God over a long period of time, 
it makes a it makes a it makes a huge huge difference. So let's let's get started. Would you uh, pray for us? And uh, you are free. We have some questions that we've prepared, but you are welcome to ask. Put us on the spot. Like ask any questions. We want to be vulnerable. Uh, we don't even have the pressure of time anymore because like there's not a third service coming You're up after stuck this with one. Us. So you guys are. You're, go, you're lucky. You'll be here for a while. Yes. <laughs> so would you pray for us? Absolutely, absolutely. Lord God, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for all the people who are here joining us um, in person, online. Um, I thank you for my friends, Alex and Leah, and their, their faithfulness and their honesty and vulnerability and willingness to um, share from their own personal experience. Lord, I ask that you would speak to each of us in the way that only you can, um, unique to each individual, regardless of our relational status. Um, I just ask that there would be something that each of us would walk away with today. Um, be with us, be with our conversation. Um, we thank you, Lord, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you guys so much for being willing to have this conversation with me in front of all of our friends. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm excited about this. Um, my husband and I, we've been married for 10 years this year, so that's, that's exciting. That's we're celebrating. Yeah. 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 And you have a seven-week-old seven week baby. baby. Yeah. And, and a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So pray so. for Addison. Pray for my husband, please. Taking, <laughs> taking care of little Clark as yep. we speak. So yep. appreciate you guys. Here, yeah, so. of course. Of course. I'm looking forward to looking forward to continuing this conversation. So let's jump in with the first question. Starting at the beginning, dating. Um, so thinking back to your own dating days and dating experience, what advice would you give to couples who are looking towards marriage? Tackle this one or me? Yeah, I'll start. I'll yeah, start. she's ready. Well, I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> um, so just a little bit about our dating, what our dating looked like or where we met or whatever. We actually went to a very small Christian college in Florida, and we met there. We met, it's kind of funny, we met after church on a Sunday, our first couple of dates were to church. Um, this Christian college was super, super strict. I mean, we could not even touch so, like, there's no shaking hands, no no nothing. I, I remember, because I, I went to the school, and I had no idea. My youth pastor had gone, had been there, uh, gone there, and um, so I never knew, like, any of the rules, didn't know. It was just like, man, I want to go into ministry. My youth pastor went there, and I showed up, and I remember, like, extending my hand to shake, you know, new people you know often of the opposite sex and i was like they were like no we can't touch you know so it was it was one of those very 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 weird you know separate elevators yeah <laughs> so let's just say we had lots of time to talk <laughs> we talked a lot which honestly i mean now that I look back that we're older and a lot more mature than we were at that time you know i think because we had so much time to talk we had time to you know, do devotions together. We had time to just think outside and really get to know each other and kind of build that foundation of where we wanted our relationship to look like. Yeah, and, and you know, even though there's not some, nothing that we planned, it really helped the foundation of our relationship um, because, uh, I mean, we were like, you know, we were, um, we were doing this 
um, devotional moments with the Savior. I remember you had it, and um, I don't know if you bought it from me or if I bought it, but we were doing it together. And um, one of the things that, that, like, as we were getting ready for this, we were reading scripture and doing devotionals, praying, but we were not following a checklist, which I think it's important in relationships, you know? And so for us, because we were put in such a weird environment, for us, it really helped us to focus not just on the physical, but, well, we couldn't do the physical, <laughs> but to allow us to focus, to, like for Christ to be the foundation. Well, and just, just in case, we were not at the school the whole time. <laughs> so Christmas so we were Christmas break, <laughs> so there was other times too. I'm just going to say that. So we did have to make some choices about the physical boundaries. Yeah, but I think the question is as far as dating, right? Uh, I would encourage you, maybe you're in that stage, to do whatever, because not everybody is put in that, in that weird scenario, right? And so, but if you can at all, like, like we both felt like if we can fall in love with Jesus, if we can find someone who's trying to fall in love with Jesus, somehow everything else is going to work out. Not that our marriage is going to be perfect, not that our dating relationship is going to be perfect. We, I'm sure we'll make mistakes. But when you are able to meet someone and, and you both have the same goal, the same purpose, I, I, it kind of reminds you of what the Bible says, if we can put it on the screen, guys. Uh, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It, it actually, to me, it gives me peace to know that my life may not be perfect, you know, and there may be struggles, and I'm, we, you know, hopefully we can be vulnerable and share some of those with you, but it's almost like you are in the palm of God's hand, and he's not going to go, oops, you know, I just, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. Even if you go through divorce, even if you go through really difficult situations in life, you can pretty much know that, like, he's got you in the palm of his hand, so he's not going to let go. He's not going to make a mistake with you. And so um, that with, like, in Matthew, next chapter in Matthew, it says, it says that our Heavenly Father already knows all of our needs. Now watch this, verse 33. He says, Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So one of, one of the things that was a big deal to me, I remember when I was 16, um, I, um, I was dating a girl, um, not really sure that she was a believer. You know, God was just kind of in the beginning process of working in my life. I ended up going to this um, conference. It was a Dawson McAllister conference, and I picked up a book. Um, the title of it was um, How to Know if You're Really in Love. And it actually, I learned something that I picked up that I actually shared with you guys two weeks ago. Um, that, like, basically, you don't want to give them your heart if God doesn't have theirs. And so I remember when I was, as a 16-year-old kid, I remember praying, God, I don't know what's going to happen to me relationally. But for me, it was, even though I was not a strong believer or anything, for me, it was a moment in time when I said, okay, God, you're going you're gonna to be first in my relationship. And I'm going to trust that if I, and it was a little bit naive, to be honest with you, because I thought, if I can just find a spouse that is in, like, so on fire for Jesus, so in love with you, everything else will work out. And, you know, later on I found out, well, that's not always the, the case, right? Like, things, you know, personalities are important. There's a, a whole other thing of things that, that are important. But I think that was, I think, a huge 
help to us as a young couple, like establishing the foundation. So, Yeah, definitely. And I, I relate to that on some level. For Addison and I, when we were dating, um, the majority of our relationship was long distance. And so having to build that foundation of communication and figuring out, do I actually like this person? You know, do I, do I like being around them? Do I like what they have to say and the way that they think? I think that's, you know, almost having that, that distance helped us, you know, yeah. in a and similar I, I way. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, sometimes people say, oh, this will work or these, you know, long distance relationships don't, don't work. I think, you know, people have all kinds of opinions. I think what matters most is to know, like, hey, are we, are we both on the same, like, are we same building a, a, the right foundation? Um, Definitely. Yeah. Great. So, okay, next question. Oh, the internet, social media. My <laughs> goodness. How do you navigate the noise of today's technology to break through facades and to really get to the heart of issues that you may face as a couple? Yeah, so I'll start with that a little bit. So, obviously, social media plays uh, a large role in whether younger or older and just a lot of people's lives these days and out there on social media there's so many um unnatural unrealistic things that are on social media everybody puts their best self out there you know and then you know every once in a while they'll like put a picture well this is my real life you know and it's still like you know Still got all the little rainbows and flowers and on it too. We compare. Yeah, and we compare. And so I feel like that there's so many unrealistic expectations out there. Um, whether you're going into a marriage and you're saying, oh, well, look at their marriage. They're, oh, theirs is all roses and flowers and rainbows and happy days. And um, no, that's, that's not realistic in every marriage. So you, every day is going to be perfect. I remember talking about unrealistic expectations one time. This was when Alex was pastor in his first church, and we were in our 20s. Probably didn't know any, didn't know what we were doing in life. Let's just say that. I'm sure you 20-year-olds know more than we did. Okay. So um, I was speaking at a ladies' event. So I get up there, and I'm like, so I'm just going to let you guys know. Well, I didn't probably say it that way, but it was part of the, the thing that I was talking about. I was like, you know, every morning, I don't just, like, turn over and feel like, oh, I love Alex. Okay, so, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, a pastor's I, wife. I went, I went, really? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't there. Obviously, a pastor's wife wasn't supposed to say that I don't feel like I love my husband every day, um, but I was like, I got, everybody looked at me, like, really weird. I still don't know why they looked at me really weird, but I'm like, well, it's. a lot of times in ministry, people look at you this was a little bit more traditional church, and so the pastor, you know, like, and his wife, they're like, you know, the closest thing to God, you know? We're like, we're in our 20s. I know, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't really feel like I love him every day, but um, so, but then I was like, but no, I make the choice. I yeah. have to make a choice. I don't feel all yeah. lovey-dovey every day, and I think that's a lot. Sometimes that comes across on social media that that's, that's how everything's going to feel. It's kind of unrealistic expectations. No, it's a choice. I make a choice. Yeah, and a lot of times people equate love with just feelings. And there, there's a huge part. Like, you better have some feelings for that person that you want to get married to. But, uh, like, long term, what's going to last, it, love is so much greater than just a feeling. So I love that you use the word choice. Um, because every day you get to choose whether you're going to love that person that you're, that you're with, you know. 
Uh, I mean, as far as social media and all of that, again, we didn't have that, that, uh, that temptation, but um, something that we do have in, in our day and age today is distractions, right? Like, you know, my phone, like, it constantly going off, constantly. I'm sure yours as well, right? And so people can contact you, you know, via message, you know, messenger, text, you know, WhatsApp. And so I think it's important if you want to get through, if you want to break through that facade, um, Craig Rochelle, who's one of my, somebody that I respect, he's a pastor, he says, face-to-face is better than screen-to-screen. Now, I love technology. I use it every day. But I think there are times when you just put the phone down. You know, you're only going to do, you're going to do lunch. You're going to do dinner with your, your significant other. Put the thing down for th- like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Go on a, uh, put yourself in situations where, where, where you have to talk, right? Because the temptation is to run to Netflix. First thing that you do, you just, you know, turn on and watch something or turn on the news or the sports or whatever. And I would say one of the biggest things that would help you or help uh, anybody is like intentionally put yourself in situations where you have to engage, where you have to, because it takes, it takes work, right? Go on a hike, go on a walk. We used to do this um, a whole lot uh, early on. Like we didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, the kids were young. And so we would just walk the neighborhood. And believe it or not, that 30-minute walk was more beneficial to us as a couple than anything, any other seminar or any other thing that we could do because we were, we were engaged in, like we were looking at each other like eye to eye, face to face, and not via a screen, you know? So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that, that, that's value to somebody. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of times we can be tempted to, like, just shoot off a text or, you know, if there can be miscommunication that happens, uh, you know, via text message or, you know. We so s- true. It, it's very... I think it's very beneficial. Uh, you, you said this, you kind of have to work at it. It's difficult. It's like a, that face-to-face communication in the midst of a potential conflict. It's a muscle you've got to work out yeah. to be able to sit with each other instead of mis- miscommunicating via you know, text. Like, like okay, we got to sit down. We got to work this out. You know? yeah. I think that's good. And I think one, one thing that's important is community. Uh, I don't know where you're at as far as how much you value community, but finding a group of people that have the same you know, um, like faith is like, like the same faith that you have and kind of the same philosophy of life, just doing life with, you know, we call them life groups at our church, but doing life with other people that are going to help your marriage and not kind of always come alongside with you. And you kind of mentioned it. I think you mentioned it in the first service. Like, you know, if the friends you have are tearing you down or they're listening to you vent about your spouse but there's a line, right? There's a line that you can cross where, like, a friend is listening, and then they can help you. They can redirect you in the right way, or they can actually jump on the bandwagon, and actually that friend, you know, intentionally can be de- detrimental to your, your relationship. So I don't know, like, community, I think it's a, it's a big deal. You think about? No. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, definitely. Community and um, the right friendships. I mean, it's good to have somebody that you can, you know, vent to if you need to, to have somebody to sort stuff through. But if that person is there to just badmouth your spouse with you, the goal, I mean, even if you're not feeling those lovey-dovey feelings, the respect of the foundation of your relationship, you need to have people in your life that will respect 
the foundation of your relationship and all of that it, as like, well. If you don't mind, before we move yeah. on, um, if we can put the, the uh, Hebrews 10.24 on the screen, um, it says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so I think that's the key, right? Like community is not just community for the sake of community. Not just like, oh, you're going to have friends just to have friends. But you're going to find a group of people that are going to help you do that. Encourage one another to practice love, to practice good things. If, if you look at the next uh, verse 25, not giving up and meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. A, a lot of times this verse is used to make people feel guilty about their church attendance. And I don't think God had in mind when he when he gave us this verse it wasn't like oh you know you were in church check good for you oh you missed last week eh, you know i don't think it has anything to do with that i think it has to do with connecting with other people right and we call them life groups and shameless plug after the second service we're going to have a meet and greet if you're not in a life group come join us free lunch we have you know we'll take care of child care if you need that but but here's why we believe in life groups so big because there are times when the enemy attacks both of you. It may be a health situation. I know a couple right now, uh, it's cancer, okay? And that's how the enemy is attacking. And guess what? It's not just attacking her. It's attacking him as well. There are times when it's finances and then, boom, it comes after you. And there are times when, like, yeah, two are better than one, right? Like the Bible says, like, like, like together we're better. But there are times when both need, like, a prayer and uh, somebody encouraging you and so that's the beauty of of doing life together and so i really highly encourage you to to um to value that community is a big Find deal those people all right next question what would you say to couples about the importance of praying together is it important what do you think yes Absolutely. <laughs> I think praying together is huge. And sometimes it can be, so if you're not used to it, maybe you're not even used to praying out loud, nevertheless having to pray in front of somebody, um, it can be super awkward. I mean, it's not like, you know, oh, my goodness, what am I going to say? Um, it is super important. It gives this mutual um, purpose it gives you a mutual a mutual something to do that helps you go closer to the Lord so it's super super important but just remember it doesn't have to be super long it's not like you're praying like Pastor Alex you know up here That's true. Like, um, no, no, I think you bring a good point because a lot of times we put prayer like you know we change our tone oh dear heavenly father you know and it's like we become a different person but like we pray today and how long was that prayer Probably like 30 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. Like God's not in heaven going, oh, that was only a 29 and a half second prayer. <laughs> you're slacking, you know, you're like, you need to, no, like prayer can be, it's, it's such an awkward thing. Let me just kind of just own that. Okay. It's, it's something that most of us practice by ourselves. You know, it can be a very intimate moment that you have with God. And if you're not in the rhythm of it, it can, if it can feel like you're climbing a mountain. But if I can, like, if we can be of encouragement, like our prayers when we pray, again, you're not following a checklist. It may be that she's having a hard day, and I just hold her hand and just say, hey, just praying for you. Can, can we pray for, you know, God help her with the meeting that she has coming up. And so I think a lot of what prayer does for, for us is it re, it, 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 if we're stressed out about something, if we're in need of something, it kind of brings us back to, to 
fixing our eyes on Christ. And so I wrote down on my notes, I wrote down, um, start with little, be consistent, and break barriers. So you don't have to say long prayers, just like, God, thank you for the day you've given us, you know. It could be, you know, Lord, guide us. Um, something else I wrote down, doing a little bit is indescribably more valuable than doing nothing. Yeah, and I would say um, I love the idea of if you're just starting to pray maybe together and just kind of to break down some of those barriers is just have maybe a list of one or two or three people that you're praying for together. Maybe her grandmother or his or his mom or something like that, that it kind of takes the focus and the spotlight off of yourself. You're thinking of other people, but it is bringing a mutual purpose to you. That's good. Absolutely. And you know, there have been times in my life where I've felt like, okay, prayer is really hard for me right now. I don't know what to say. I'm going through something really hard. So if you're in your marriage, it, it would be exponentially harder to sit down with your spouse and say, let's pray together when you're going through something really difficult and you don't know what to say. The nice thing about that is there's a Bible verse that says that when we don't have the words, the Holy Spirit is interceding Amen. for us. So like, I really like that, doing a little bit is more valuable than doing nothing. Even if you can only just sit together for a moment and just say, God, help us. Yes. Like that, God knows your heart and he knows what you're going through and he will intercede for you. Yeah, and yeah. it does get easier with time. You know, when once you get into, it's a new muscle that you're exercising. Once you do it a little bit, a little bit at a time, eventually it's like, it becomes second nature. It's like, you know, it's not something that you have to prepare for. It's not something that's stressful. It just becomes. And the thing about prayer is that, like, you can't pray and be mad at each other. Think about it, right? We've probably tried. It can't happen, <laughs> you know? And so prayer is a unifier. It brings you together. It, it unites you not just to, to God, but it is also unites you to each other. So yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. Boundaries. How do we set healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical boundaries in a dating relationship? You want me to go? Sure. I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um, I, I wrote down, I wrote down, go slow and express in deep emotions. Uh, so if you're getting to know somebody, it's early on in the relationship. Relationships is like you're building a bridge, right? So where uh, we used to live in Navarre, Florida, they were building this bridge, okay, from Pensacola to Pensacola Beach, and um, huge bridge. It took them literally, I mean, it took them years to build the foundations, and so if you're, you're, you're getting started in a relationship, I would, my encouragement to you, um, obviously, you're not going to a weird school like we are, so you're not in a, in a setting where, you know, there's a lot more temptations, let me put it that way, but my encouragement to you is to build that foundation and take take as much time as you can to build that thing because often what happens is you don't take the time to build a foundation and you're crossing you know you're on that relationship and it's it's like it's like that bridge that just collapses because you went way too deep too soon and so so i don't think it's wise to uh you know, you meet somebody, you're kind of falling for them, you're getting to know them, you like them, there's chemistry. I don't think it's wise to all of a sudden open up about the mistakes of the past 
like the first week or the second week. I think there's sometimes, something we didn't say to the first service, um, but I think it's, there's value here. Sometimes we ask the question, uh, what, what's sin, what's not sin, right? Like what's right or what's wrong? But a better question often is to ask, what is the wisest thing? Timing is everything. And so maybe you need to build a little bit more trust before you kind of just go all in with some of the things that have happened in the past. Maybe there's a little bit more like foundation that needs to, and I know for guys, and I'll just speak for myself, as soon as, you know, we meet someone, like we're like, we're hunters, we're going after the prey, like, and we're like full force, you know, into the relationship. And then what's the challenge for us is what comes after. Long-term, long-term commitment that's what becomes harder for guys at the beginning it's like we're after it right but i think it's important to just really slow down and take take your time so um so kind of that's kind of speaking to the emotional aspect and i would kind of speak a little bit to the spiritual aspect of boundaries i think it's really important for you to know ahead of time what what are non-negotiables in your life what are what do you value spiritually i mean if i say well i value going to church every sunday but he doesn't value going to church every Sunday. It's not going to change when you get married. Like, oh, we all love just going to church every Sunday. So those are kind of things that that you have the ability to talk about before you get married. And you're on the same page. Because I promise you, if you've at least talked about it and know what the other person's thinking about, it's going to make everything a whole lot easier when you've set those boundaries before. And even physically. Um, you know, you have to yeah. set those boundaries. You can't wait till in the moment of passion to like set a boundary physically. It's yeah. it's it's very difficult, just in case. Um, it's hard, but if you've said it, you've talked to him, you've communicated ahead of time. This is our boundaries. Then it frees. It's like a weight off of your shoulder when two people are on the same page with mutual. I had a I had a pastor that told me when you're getting to know someone. Uh, like a dating relationship or whatnot, or early on, even if you're engaged, it's you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. And so you're only, the flaws that they have right now, they're going to probably have for a long, not that God can't change people, right? But for the most part, the personality, whether they're shy or not, you only look, you're only seeing just the tip of the iceberg. And so uh, like one of the things that I often hear is, well, I'll, I'll change him. You know, or I'll, you know, I'll pray for him. You know, I'm sure that eventually he'll he'll go to church or eventually he'll give his life to Christ or she will. You know, I think it's important to just keep that. I'd never forgotten because there were there were things that we that I learned about her early on in the relationship that years later, it's like, oh, that's what that guy was talking about. And so uh, hopefully that's helpful. Well, I'll say this too. Um, boundaries, it's never too late to set your boundaries. Yes. So don't feel like, oh, I've already, that boundary's already been crossed. Oh, too bad for us. Mm, um, there, it, You can set them today, you know? So just remember, in any of those, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, it's never too late. I had a friend who uh, just recently mentioned, uh, um, this friend is seeing someone, and this person said, hey, early on in the relationship, Hey, I um, I just want you to know I've messed things up in the past. I've kind of gone my own way, and I'm trying to I'm trying to do things in a different way, in a more Christ-like way. And I think you ought to respect. To me, like if I'm meeting somebody and they say, "Look, I'm owning the junk from the past. 
I've learned from it, and I just don't want to make the same mistake. To me, that's not like a, a, a thing where I'm going to put them like, oh, you know, you know, they're, you know, too churchy or, you know, like shame is going to come into the equation. Like, no, I'm actually going to look up to someone who can have some self-awareness and say, look, I've messed up in this area where there's sexually or, you know, whatever, mentally, emotionally, and, and I want to re, I want to kind of start doing things the, the right way. So I think I, I'm glad you said communicate the boundaries. Wherever you're at, you know, last, last um, year, we did, I did a message, um, uh, dating with purpose. It was, a, I think it was around August or something. If you want to go back and get some information or you want to listen to it, um, it was um, dating with purpose. But one of the things that I talked about is like setting up some boundaries. Like one of the advice, like a piece of advice that I give teenagers, and I, actually for anybody, this is applicable for anybody, is, um, you know, don't lay horizontally. It's so easy to start watching a movie, get under the covers. And, you know, one thing is going to lead to another, right? Like you ask, you know, like, um, like setting boundaries. Like, do you kiss before marriage? Or like, is it wrong to kiss? Here's where we, you would apply that principle of not what's sin versus what's not sin, but what's wisest, right? Like, if we start kissing, you know, you know how long are we going to do it? How often are we going to kiss? What do we do with our hands when you're kissing, right? Don't look at me like that. I know you know what I'm talking about. It gets complicated. And so it's better if you set your boundaries, wherever, however God leads you. And, I, I, you know, I mean, we talk about God's will. I think you mentioned it in the last service. You want to kind of yeah. share a little bit about I that? I mean, so, so many of us, I know I've said it multiple times in my life, and I'm sure most of you have said it at least once, like, What's God's will for my life? What's God's will? I just wish it were written in the clouds. Well, this is one of the verses that is very, very clear. First um, Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, It is God's will that you should be holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Um, I think that's super important. But just remember, it's a new day, and God's mercies are new every day. So you're like, Leah, I messed up. It's okay. God forgives, yeah, and you can still move forward. I had a I had a friend, um, our first church. Um, I was in my twenties, you know, pastor in this church. Didn't know what I was doing, um, and uh, this guy, he was in his eighties, and he stopped me one day. We were visiting people in the hospital, and he stopped me one day, and he's like, "Alex, you know, and you got to know this guy. His name is Granville, big, huge guy." Says so like, "Alex." And he's like, I, he scared me a little bit when he said it. You know, it's like, what, you know? Yes, sir. And he's like, the sexual drive is the strongest drive the human beings have. It is stronger than hunger. It is stronger than success. And then he went on to tell me, the strongest man who's ever lived, Samson, the wisest man who's ever lived, Solomon, and the man after God's own heart, who was that? David. All three of them struggled with sexual sin, sexual temptation. And so, man, like, I don't, I think God knows, right, when we mess up the areas where we fall short. And that's why we lead with grace as a church, as people. But I think that if you don't want to get hurt, you know, I often say, if you can see the way God sees, 
you would do as he says. And so it's not that God's coming up with a bunch of rules, you know, thou shalt do this, thou shalt don't, like, no, no, no. It's that God wants to protect you. And relationships can be one of the areas where we can get hurt, deeply hurt. The wounds can last years. And so hopefully that helps. We're way past our time. Anything else or you're, it's, it's up to you if you want to wrap it up. <laughs> I'll don't blame put, it on don't, you. Don't we'll put say, that pressure on hey, me. Vivian, it's Vivian. <laughs> um, I just, okay, can you give, let's, we'll try to give some short, some shorter answers if possible. It's fine. You know, we're fine. But um, I just think it's important to touch on this. So our world applauds independence and being being your own person, which it's good to, you know, have a good sense of self and to be self-aware and all of that. Mm, but in good. a marriage, how do you communicate what you need from each other effectively? Um, so I would definitely say, like, I think every one of our answers somewhere in there, we've talked about how important communication is. But ultimately, communication is really quality good communication is really based on two things it's based on mutual purpose and I know Alex mentioned this last week about you know if you're communicating if you're in conflict you should have um, us against the problem not me against Alex in that situation you know and I would say this is something that we it's taken us a few years to learn you know we both we both like to win um <laughs> yeah and I think like early on and this is something you said in the last service like like I'm learning right and this is kind of what I alluded to like don't ever stop learning you know don't ever, the moment you get comfortable I said it last week it's it's like a vehicle on a hill if that thing is not on drive, like if you just have it on neutral, you can't expect it to go forward. You got to push. And so for us, this is something that's like we're still learning. Like early on in our marriage, very, I'm a very strong person, okay, very driven. Um, I think I get some of it from my family. Um, and so not a whole lot of empathy early on in our marriage. Um, but I think learning to create safe places. I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit, like yeah. how important is having a safe place. Right, and I think the, the safe place to communicate is huge. And if you have mutual purpose and if you have mutual respect for each other, then it does become a safe place to communicate. I can tell him, hey, this is not really a good day. I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. I don't really want to go to Lowe's with you today or wherever you want to go, you know? Really? And, <laughs> and, and to have that safe place to communicate is huge. And I love the respect, having mutual respect. I love what the Bible says in Romans 12:10. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Man, take delight. I get to. It's not like something I have to. I get to choose to love Alex. I get to honor him. It's a privilege. And I think that's so important. And when you don't have respect, this is one of my favorite quotes about respect. It says, respect is like air. You don't really notice it until it's not there. Then it's all you notice. So mm, if you've ever so been in a situation where respect is absent, then it's all you know. You can't get past that. You cannot communicate effectively. 
That's good. Well, we're going to wrap it up right there. I think we're way, we're like 10 minutes over our time. Why don't you give it up for these ladies? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You know, you may say, Pastor Alex, what if I'm in a, in a relationship that's struggling right now? I would say um, there is hope. You serve a big God. We, uh, we serve the God of the resurrection. He can restore a dead marriage and make it, turn it into a thriving marriage. So don't lose hope. Um, we are, as a church, we're starting a, a marriage ministry. Um, and so it's going to take a little bit of time to develop the proper leadership. But I, I want you to know, if, if you need, like if, if things are a little bit difficult, let us help. We're not going to judge. We're not going to point fingers. We're just going to come alongside and hopefully be a little bit of fresh air in your, in your marriage. So how do, you, how do you get to us? You know, we always say, text, text, text. It's a simple way, right? It's totally confidential. Like if you send a text, I'm going to get it and Pastor Nicholas is going to get it. That's it. It doesn't go anywhere beyond that. Uh, but if you say, hey, Pastor, uh, would you, is there a time we can talk? Um, you know, things are hard. Um, that's all you have to say. We'll get in touch with you. We'll pray for you. Father God, I just want to thank you for the time that we spent focusing on your word. God, I pray that we would lead with grace in our marriages. Father, I pray that if we feel exhausted, if we feel tired, we feel like, ah, can't go any longer. God, I pray that you would teach us to have the patience that you've had with us. Teach us to love the way you've loved before. God, we know that nothing is impossible for you. And God, I, we invite you into our lives, God. God, we want, like Jeremiah, like you told Jeremiah, God, we call unto you. And we wait eagerly, expectantly for an answer. And maybe some of you, you've already given, you've, you've given up. But I pray that you would, from somewhere, you would just muster up a little bit of courage to say, God, I need you. Maybe to pick up your phone and text the church and reach out for help. God, I pray that you would do a work in us. Do a work in our spouse's heart. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're single, divorced, you're bitter. I don't know if there's unforgiveness in your heart. But let this moment be a moment where you readjust. Let this moment be a moment where you fix your eyes back on Christ and say, Okay, Lord, I need to do this for my spouse. Okay, Lord, I need to... I need to stop going down this path. It's not good for me. It's not healthy. Okay, God, help me. Strengthen me. Tell him right now. Tell him. You don't need me. I'm not your priest. You can talk to him right now like Vivian was saying. You can just speak the words to him. God, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.